Hi everybody and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today I am going to be talking about how, yes, narcissists can change in therapy. And I've alluded to this a whole bunch or, you know, I've, I've said it a couple times within other podcasts, how narcissists are like now what borderline personality disorder used to get. Um, treated like, which was like a monster, you know, that can never change. And this is not accurate, you know. But um, I will talk about that as soon as I talk about how you should subscribe because I have all sorts of great subscriber only episodes and. The most recent one is what happens when you and your spouse have different expectations for the empty nester or retirement years. So, um, Let's move on to the topic at hand, which is narcissism. So obviously the idea of narc abuse and all this stuff is like super big in the popular media. And while narcissists, as I have a video out about this, are are only a very, very small percent of the population, a small, some people think is a half a percent, uh, that does go up to like 10% or something in, in clinical settings. It never goes up to the like, half of the men in the world or something which is like what people act like and um it's it's a it's a small subset although of course it's like a larger subset in certain groups an interesting study i read said it's 17 percent of medical students <laughs> which is kind of funny because you also have to look at the criteria like one of the criteria the dsm criteria for narcissism is like believes is special and should only associate with other kind of special people well if you get into medical school it's hard to do you <laughs> Now, so you really are uh, in in a real small group. So yes, they would meet criteria. Does that mean all doctors are narcissists? No, um, but but yeah, rates are higher in certain populations than in others, just because uh, certain populations have basically an identity around being special. So if you're at very high levels in in your career, then you know that there aren't a lot of people like you. And yeah, that does impact your personality. Another area I work with people with sex addiction and, and narcissism goes hand in hand with sex addiction a lot. And you can read an interesting book on sex and love and relationship addiction, because these are all the people addictions, by the way, is uh, when you love too much. So you can look for that book on Amazon. If that's something you're struggling with, I'll probably do a podcast on it at some point. But anyway, um, narcissists, let's say that you are dealing with a dyed-in-the-wool narcissist, and they meet all the DSM criteria for narcissism, and they're just one of those people that everybody thinks they're extremely self-involved, and um, they always have been. So what what then? Are they beyond help, as so much popular uh, media memes would have you believe? No, no, there's no, like, there, there's no real, (laughs) there's no evidence for that at all. You know, the majority of people who come into counseling are struggling with maladaptive ways of viewing the world, if not a hundred percent of people that come into counseling, you know, so their maladaptive way of viewing the world is that they are never the problem. But like so many people come into counseling like that, you know, thinking that they aren't the problem and it's everybody else. People with depression, like the way that you, um, the, the theory of what depression really is, is negative. This is called the cognitive triad in cognitive therapy, um, negative thoughts about self world and future. So yeah, like you definitely don't think that 
yeah, okay, negative thoughts about self, but that doesn't mean you think you're the problem. It frequently means like, I think I'm so ugly and stupid that that's why everybody's mean to me. But like you still get an everybody does X and like I am a victim of it. And that's in depression, you know, like everybody with depression, that is like 20% of, of at least women that have struggled with depression at some point. They're not all narcissists just because they believe that everybody is, um, the problem in a certain sense, you know, everybody's kind of out to get me. That is a way that people feel when they're raised in very negative homes also. And narcissists have that as well. They say things like, you know, it, it's not my fault that uh, this person just, um, you know, won't do their job, or it's not my fault that my wife just has a low sex drive, or it's not my fault that my kids are just difficult, you know, but that's so endemic to just any unhappy person. That's like a normal human way to view the world when you're in distress is this cognitive dissonance reduction of it can't be me. That's a short-term coping strategy saying it must be everybody else. It's not me. And the idea of thinking that you're special like everybody thinks they're special in some way or another. Even the people that are super depressed that are like, I am uniquely, honestly, ugly and stupid. They think they're special too. It's just in a bad way. So lots of people struggle with these like distorted worldviews and assuming that a distorted worldview can't be worked on just because it fits into certain boxes of criteria for a narcissistic personality disorder doesn't make any sense. They're maladaptive worldviews and they are workable and treatable with CBT or really any other sort of therapy in which somebody is working with a therapist with whom they have a strong alliance and a therapist who has experience with this demographic. You know, it, it, there are so, so many people that are not diagnosed with any narcissism at all. They are working on something like addiction or depression or relationship problems or anxiety. And what happens? Like, what's the major thing that's worked on? Cognitive flexibility and empathy. These are things that are worked on in therapy constantly. Taking other people's perspectives, understanding that there's like a bigger world with other people that feel different things. This isn't something that like all other people except narcissists are awesome at. I work with this with people's social anxiety where I'm like, do you really think everybody's thinking about you? You know, like it's not a kind of narcissism where they think everybody's thinking they're so awesome, but they still overestimate how much other people think about them and have to kind of understand and really learn a different approach to thinking about things, you know, where they say, no, most people aren't thinking about me at all, actually, you know? And so the cognitive flexibility, the ability to hold different perspectives in your head at the same time and understand that the way that you view things isn't how everybody does, that's a core tenet and skill that is learned in all successful psychotherapy, I would argue. Increased empathy would be a consequence of any successful therapy. And so then why could this not be done with people just once they hit a certain like level of, of self-absorption? There is no specific, um, there's no blood test for narcissism. There's no specific way. Everything is along a spectrum is what I'm trying to say. People used to think there was like autism and not autism. And now we know that there's an autism spectrum. There's also a depression spectrum. So if you want to get um, a diagnosis of depression, you need to have X criteria from the DSM. But if you have X minus one, does that mean that you don't also feel depressed? 
You just feel slightly less depressed. That's all. It's a spectrum of depression. There's a spectrum of narcissism. There's a spectrum of self-absorption. So there's no specific thing that when you have like X criteria of narcissism, then you become no longer able to engage with therapy. And then you get put in a box of like being a monster. Uh, Somebody who is like completely devoid of of any ability to ever grow and change. That isn't real. And I I talk a lot about how I used to work with children who had been sexually abused. And this was on my internship. And do you know who children who have been sexually abused turn into? They turn into older children that sexually abuse other children. And then they turn into adolescents who try to sexually abuse children. And then they turn into adults who abuse children. Now, everybody understands it as soon as it's a child that is just doing what they know that just got abused last week and then turns around this week and abuses another child. Everybody has empathy for that child. And then all of a sudden, nobody has empathy anymore the minute that they turn 18. This doesn't mean that you don't um, know that they definitely need treatment and it doesn't mean that you allow them around your kids, certainly, or or that they shouldn't be kept possibly even in prison if they can't deal with, um, if, if they can't change. But plenty of people do. Plenty of those children do change. They really do. They go from being a child who abuses another child because they were abused as a child to being a little bit older of a child who does those behaviors, those acting out behaviors less. And then they may turn into a teen or an adult that never does them if they're lucky enough to have any sort of treatment with a compassionate, empathic provider who is trained in these areas and who believes in them and has faith in them. So even the child molester, quote unquote, who people really say is a, quote, monster, can't you see that it's along a spectrum too and why that would happen? You know, and so then some, sometimes people say, all right, what about a psychopath? I don't know enough about the current research on psychopathy to say whether this is um, a, a somehow a, a distinct thing, but my gut would tell me that everything is along the spectrum. There's always a worse psychopath, right? So then isn't there a better psychopath? You know, is, isn't, and sociopaths, sure, there's people who are criminals, for example, but would never murder somebody. There's people who would murder somebody, but it, but not a woman or a child, you know? There's always levels. So in order to understand better, like, um, why you may be drawn to this idea that narcissists are uniquely bad, you got to look back at how you were raised. Were you raised with a victim perpetrator um, mentality, a black and white mentality, a good versus evil mentality? It's very easy when you were raised in that way, when you see a parent always play the martyr card or the victim card to say, oh, now I see that my husband is a narcissist or my wife is a narcissist. And therefore, I am definitely the victim and the martyr and they are definitely the, quote, bad guy. But in so many situations, this can just easily be understood from a different perspective if you took a different 
if you took a couple minutes to do it. So like there's plenty of, of men who come in and they say, my wife is so narcissistic and self-involved, you know, and they give me like 1 million different reasons why. But when the wife comes in, if, if they come in, you know, later for couples counseling or they, or, you know, it's just the beginning stages of couples counseling. And I meet with each client individually after the initial joint session, I meet with each person individually. So in the individual session, the person who's complaining about the narcissist seems to have all these, you know, wonderful proofs of what they think. And then you talk to the other person and it's just totally different. They're like, you know, every single thing that happened, they have their own perspective, of course. And then you start to see it's not so black and white. So yes, narcissists can change and grow in therapy. They can change by understanding that they struggle with certain self-absorbed schemas, ways of viewing the world, seeing where these came from. Frequently, they can be motivated, honestly, by remembering a narcissistic parent and how that person made them feel and acknowledging that their spouse and children may be starting to feel or may have already said they feel the same about them. They may at first... I mean, and I wrote about this in 2014 in an article about engaging narcissists in couples counseling that's in Psych Central, uh, and um, I linked you to that. But it, sometimes they're just doing it to be a good client at first because they like to achieve so much. And when they start, so, so it's like how a child would at first get good grades to make a parent happy. Then later there can be intrinsic motivation to get, you know, good grades and to succeed on their own. You know, and it's the same thing. Like somebody with narcissism as kind of a, a childlike structure where they just want to be seen by everybody as good and bad. But that doesn't mean that they can't, ch- or not, not good or bad, just good. But um, that doesn't mean that they can't change and grow. That doesn't mean that the extrinsic motivation of seeing how first the therapist and then their spouse and children respond differently to them if they act more empathic, that can eventually turn into saying, wow, I like being more empathic. And that can um, lead to playing with acting in new ways when the therapist or the wife and kids aren't, you know, looking and trying it in other aspects of life and then just feeling good about doing it. All adolescents go through a stage called called, you know, adolescent narcissism, which is developmentally normal, but most of them grow out of it, you know, and how do they grow out of it? Usually they have a strong and loving family unit that is kind of, um, reinforcing their positive and loving actions and not really reinforcing the ones that are self-involved. And if you do not have the benefit of having a strong and secure and supportive family unit, as most narcissists don't, otherwise they wouldn't have to develop that persona as a child, then the therapist can um, can be in loco parentis in that way, can be instead of the secure family unit, the therapist can basically be the parent that reinforces the kind, loving, empathic behavior and really does not reinforce the, the negative, uh, unempathic, self-absorbed behavior. So if if you're interested in what I just said about how narcissists are created, frequently this is because a child was abused or neglected. Same as with borderline personality disorder, which is another cluster B personality disorder. They were abused or neglected and or they were overly parented in this kind of intrusive self-centered way where the parent was trying to get them to be a certain way all the time for the parent's own benefit. And so they develop this kind of false persona that's very adaptive and helpful in their family of origin where they are like a superman slash superwoman that can um, protect themselves in a very insecure environment. 
So they create this persona. It works for them. It, it's, it's something that is a source of, of self-protection. And then they just keep on using it. You know, and this is like any sort of personality disorder. These behaviors are learned in a, in a setting where they are adaptive in your family of origin, but then you just keep using them forever because you don't know any other way of acting. And if enough bad things happen from acting narcissistic, such as like your wife's going to leave you or your kids aren't talking to you or what have you, then yes, you can definitely with that motivation learn how to be different. And from learning how to act different, I have plenty of podcasts on fake it till you make it, you know, then eventually you can say, wow, it actually feels good to be doing things that aren't just looking out for number one. It actually makes me feel like a better person. And I like feeling like a better, happier, more deep, more real, more authentic individual. And I'm going to keep this going and keep this self-growth going. So certainly people with narcissistic traits and who meet criteria for narcissistic personality disorder, which again, could only be one more criterion than a person who doesn't meet criteria. Certainly people who are just generally more self-absorbed can change and learn and grow and evolve in psychotherapy, just as we didn't used to think that people with borderline personality disorder could until uh, the big wave of Marshall Linehan coming out with DBT and saying, yes, of course people can. You know, and so if you have told yourself that your marriage is on is is not uh, treatable and not fixable because your partner has narcissistic traits, or if you've told yourself that you cannot engage with a family member because they have narcissistic traits, or somebody at work or whatever, sure, if if it's a person where you don't have any strong feelings or skin in the game, then definitely use the gray rock method that I've talked about in other posts and podcasts, you know, like uh, to get along with in-laws or your boss or something. But if this is, you know, your marriage and it's somebody that you love or you used to love, then, and, and, and you sense that something that's really holding you back from couples counseling is that you think that from everything that you've read on the internet, there would be no changing for this person why not try? You know, I mean, there are certainly people who are self-absorbed can change and grow. And that's really all that you have to, to think about as a mantra. And if it turns out that the person does not change and grow to, to your, um, you know, needs and, and does not turn into somebody that you could live with, there's like no harm, no foul in trying. And also, if you are the person who struggles with narcissism yourself, listening to this, or has been told by a partner or your children or whoever that you're very self-absorbed, you know, try to work on it, obviously. Try to go to therapy. A lot of those people only come into therapy when addiction gets out of hand or relationship problems get out of hand or something like that. But you can get in before that. As soon as the first person in your life thinks that you're self-centered, there's obviously something to discuss with a provider. <laughs> I mean, don't just like be ignoring that feedback. That's like super valid feedback. And it's only going to get worse from there. Probably, you know, more and more people in your life are going to come out of the woodwork over the years and decades saying that you're fairly self-absorbed and you only think about yourself. So if you've ever gotten that feedback, then now's the time you know, to get into treatment. I've written a post like, what about when you're the narcissist, you know, and, and that's something to read. All right. Hopefully this was useful and made you think about things even a little bit differently. Always my goal. And I will talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye.